Good evening, and welcome to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. I am your co-host, Kyle Bird. Not with me today is my co-host, Matt Parmley, because I, he keeps getting sick. This is like the third, fourth time this guy's gotten sick, and I he just he could not make it. Um, but luckily. Uh, I have, uh, some friends of, uh, of ours that will help us pull through this. Um, I have our, uh, temporary full-time October co-host. I have Tom. Welcome back. Temporary full-time. Well, you're full-time, <laughs> you're like seasonal. There you go. Yeah. I, the seasonal employee. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, Roger. yeah. We, we, you, you, you uh, insist upon uh, being around for for our Halloween episodes because you're just a a horror. What are they? A horror hound? Is that a thing people say? That's sort yeah. Of? Do people still say that? They used to. I don't know. But anyway, so uh, yes, you're back, and uh, people can find you on the Final Forum Dragon Ball podcast. Yep, right? we just, uh, I, I think some of your listeners have probably listened to our Godzilla 1985, well, 1984 commentary that we did, so if appreciate that. And yeah, if you haven't, you should. And um, check out the rest of our October stuff. We did a whole episode about Don Dracula. And the, the Osamu Tezuka anime. Oh yeah, it's it's not so good. Yeah, that's what you were. But, saying. But listen to the episode to find out why. It's <laughs> um, a short anime. Yeah, isn't it like five, six episodes? Or it's something? eight episodes. Eight. There were four that were ever aired. Um, and then just now, of course, you heard our our friend Kevin uh, of Mazer Patrol, author of Kaiju for Hipsters, and um, uh, welcome back, sir. I think yeah, this is the first uh, one that. Just the three of us have done, and I think a couple years ago we did a Kitamura episode that Matt was not present for, so it's like that, only not. Anyway, um, Kevin, it's how's like your... That, how's, how's we're talking about less interesting movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin, how's, uh, how's your October been? Are you like us, where like you, you uh, even though I think all of us just are, have like a horror movie default setting... <laughs> um do you uh do you have any regular uh October rituals or routines do you try to watch more horror movies than usual or anything Uh absolutely I've been uh trying to do one a day but I uh I start that actually at Obon so in the mid August I get into Halloween mode and basically keep it up through Halloween uh and then of course I always try to have an article on the blog that's Halloween related uh should be a should be a good one for this year which is as we're recording this 2022, we'll see when this episode actually drops. <laughs> yeah, your Halloween uh, articles are always always really good. I've told you that before. Um now, do you uh do you do you have a hard stop at the end of October or um do you go into like a Halloween hangover mode where you go into November or anything like that? Uh, I think I've got to go into November because I I keep queuing things up and then uh, buying more things and you know it was uh this week was the 20th anniversary of the american remake of the ring so of course i got to watch that whole franchise over again now and you know <laughs> things like that 
the whole franchise. You can't just watch the one. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, I, I should really try to squeeze it all into one week, but you know, God, that that's that's quite a bit. Um, uh, are you gonna stop at the new one? There's a new one out, isn't there? Uh, yeah, the Sadako Deluxe. It's not. Uh, I don't think that's available on home video yet. So uh, we'll have to we'll have to see what the situation is with that one uh, when we get there. But uh, uh, the recent Sadako, not to be confused with the prior film that was called Sadako, that was originally Sadako 3D. This is like the Godzilla franchise, where like the names are yeah. terrible. All right, yeah, Godzilla and Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Like, do, do, do you like the ring or the ring or the ring? It's three different movies. Um, yep. well, be sure to watch Sadako versus Kayako because that movie is my jam. Oh, yeah. Um, well, there is a little bit of a uh Kayako connection that we will talk about. Um, so our main uh subject here is uh. A franchise uh, known as Gakko. I don't know. Kevin, you just say it because I'm going to ruin something. Gakko no Kaidan. There you go. Uh, in English, it has been translated into a number of different variations. Um, the one I'm seeing the most nowadays is Haunted School. Um, for a long time, uh, I saw it referenced as School of Ghosts. Um, ghost school and ghost school stories. Um, uh, pick any of those. And that's I was kind of curious about this, uh, so I, I looked up promotional stuff, uh, and in Japan it was always just written with English letters as uh, Gako no Kaidan, although they would use that um, the spelling of Kaidan with a W after the K for whatever reason. Like quite on, hmm. so. Uh, so yeah, I, the naming conventions are complicated. Which hap- I don't know. That just happens with a lot of the stuff that we talk about. The uh, English wiki pages all say "Ghost School Stories." And what's the what was the anime called here? Was that uh, here? It was called Ghost Stories. Okay. So nothing about school in the title. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There were there were there were things that were changed about the anime, shall we say? Totally. Uh, yeah, yeah. We we'll we'll bring that up. Um, so, uh, and I I I think uh, I think the most interesting thing, especially for me and Kevin, because I mean we've talked about it on and off, you know, over the years, is more or less the history of this franchise and what it did for horror in Japan. And I mean, those effects rippled through the world once the ring happened. But um, uh, it's 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 an interesting history as a franchise. And then uh, to narrow it down to something that we can watch and talk about, we uh, <clears throat> our main event topic is going to be the four live action movies um, from Toho. Um, the first one and the fourth one, I you know, English subtitles of questionable quality have been around for a very long time. 
And that was always strange. And so Kevin uh, was like, well, uh, I found rips of the uh, Malaysian DVDs of the second and third one. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, run the, I'll run the Malaysian subtitles through a machine translator that's probably going to give us garbled gibberish and uh, we can at least watch them and piece, t- piece them together that way. And that's what we did. Um, the movies themselves, I've kind of, you know, whether it be Toho Kingdom or whatever, are, are movies I've heard of and uh, seen, like I have some Japanese Toho tokusatsu books that have, you know, um, pictures and, and pages dedicated to them. And um, one of my old VHS tapes back when, like, the only way to see all these movies was, like, fan-subbed VHS tapes. One of them had a, a had the trailer for the first one at the end. Um, so I've always been kind of curious. And then, of course, once you actually know a little bit more about what these movies came from, that's when, it, you know, it, you get even more curious. Like, the, it, this is a rabbit hole of stuff. Um, yeah, well, the, the first one was... Um... It was the fourth highest grossing Japanese movie that year, and it was nominated for two different Japanese Academy Awards. So, like, it's not, you know, especially if you're focusing on the genre stuff, like outside of the Godzilla movies, it was one of the one of the things to keep your eye on. Yeah. Basically, that's why they made four of them. Probably, <laughs> um, yeah. um, I could kind of see that. I mean, talk. We could talk more about what what their appeal is that I I could get there to it being pretty popular. Yeah. And th- and there's a certain part of that that it's too bad the subtitles are are you know there's no really solid subtitles for any of these. Um but uh to put a pin in that and backtrack um Tom you were saying you have you don't know anything about this like franchise. The first time or... I heard of them was when you sent them to me to watch when I had covid. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so some of this might surprise you because this is, uh, like, this is like a multimedia, I mean, it's slowed down now, but in the nineties, early two thousands, this was like a multimedia franchise. Um, there's live action movies, anime, TV series, uh, TV specials, video games, all kinds of stuff. Um, and, uh, to start, we have to go all the way back to 1990 with a guy named, uh, Toru Tsunamitsu. Um, now, uh, he wrote the original book and I guess series of books that all this stuff is based on. Um, so, uh, I'm going to pivot to Kevin, um, because I'm sure there's a lot of this stuff he can probably speak to better than me. Um, so I, who who is this guy, and where did this book come from? Yeah. So yeah, he was um, he was a school teacher, as I understand it. And starting in the mid '80s, his he started collecting stories that his his kids at school would basically tell, this kind of creepy urban legend type of stuff. And uh, you know, kids talk with each other and there's weird mutations of stories that go around and uh, especially in kind of a a tight urban space like uh like tokyo it just kind of gets around and you get these these rapid mutations and and a lot of the kind of uh urban legends that you think oh this has been around forever is actually not that old like the the slipmouth woman is one that's only been around since the 
uh, late seventies and the, the human face dog is one that's only been around since the late eighties. It's, it's similar to, you know, if you look into like how long area 51 or the chupacabra have been things in the, in the States, it's, the, it's finding out recent. chupacabra was a thing from like 1998 or something gave that was created because of species of all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That gave that, that ruined multiple lives. So yeah, um, uh, Tsunemitsu, he, he put out this first novel in 1990, and then he basically did a novel a year until um, 97, something like that. And um, and it has really just continued going, uh, I think, up until like the mid-2010s. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of, of these uh, uh, school ghost stories collections basically so so were uh, these books were they novels or were they like anthologies of like short short stories uh that i'm not clear about the one thing that is clear is that none of the adaptations are actually uh direct adaptations of the book so i think that they're probably like a scary stories to tell in the dark sort of deal where it's a, it's a bunch of short stories and and i i don't think the books have ever been translated into english have they not to my knowledge. Uh, so um, it's, you know, Kodansha would be the people to go talk to about that. Um, but uh, I don't think that any of them have been officially translated, uh, at least not as of when I wrote an article about such things a few years back. <clears throat> so, so, um, so those books became like a phenomenon over there. Yeah. And, you know, Japan is really big into uh, media mix type of deals. So I believe uh, I believe it was Comic Bon Bon that the uh, the the manga adaptation started in. And uh, I can check this real quick. Uh, This is fascinating. (laughs) Okay, I can't actually tell. It, it was it was in Comics Bon Bon. I can't tell exactly what year it was in. But uh, basically, uh, there was a manga adaptation that came out, uh, TV specials in the early, mid-90s, then the live-action movies very shortly thereafter. Uh, and then um, a bit later, there was uh, the anime tv series and eventually the ovas so a lot of a lot of stuff um so i so these books are selling like crazy um and usually when that happens it kickstarts some kind of pop culture phenomenon um and uh the first thing we see there are um so from 1994 through I think 2001, every year there was um, a TV special for uh, Haunted School, um, and each one would be like a, a a collection of short stories, you know, short like an anthology movie, basically. And um, who who what were those uh, were those. Fuji TV or TBS? 
do we do we know offhand? Uh, I think they were they were all uh, Kansai Television. Okay, so it, was, it was based out of Osaka as opposed to the usual like um, Tokyo based stuff. But um, I think they kind of had a had a, a good um, crucible for for horror uh, working working there, and, and basically a whole generation of what we know as the J horror boom originated with with those Kansai TV specials. Um. So, uh, those, if you look at the, uh, caliber of talent behind those specials, um, you'll see a lot of people who have gone on to international success. Um, you know, some of these filmmakers have been around since the late eighties. Um, but, uh, they really cut their teeth on these specials. You have, uh, Kiyoshi Kurosawa, the great Kiyoshi Kurosawa, who did, who's, you know, I, I think, Cure and Pulse are probably his two most famous movies. You have um, Takashi Shimizu, who made the Grudge movies, uh, and, you know, Juwan, uh, a.k.a. Um, interesting thing about his work on these specials is uh, in um, one of them... Yeah, Gakko no Kaiden G, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, G. Each one has, like, a letter after it for some reason. Do we know the reason for that? Uh, I do not. Okay, because they thought if they went up to 25, it would sound worse than if they just went up to... (laughs) So the the G special um, had two segments um, directed by uh, um, Shimizu, and they introduced the characters of... Kayako and uh what's what's the little boy's name? Tomio? Yes. Yeah, I was having a brain fart. Who would go on to carry their own franchise of Juan, aka the Grudge, which uh would be a wildly successful property in Japan and here. So yes, the Grudge slash Juan is uh literally a spin-off of uh the haunted school. Yeah, so if you see like the short um it's four 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 or whatever. It's 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 like a hundred fours. It's just a bunch yeah. of fours. Like that's that's literally from um Gaku no Kaidenji and it's included in some versions of the grudge on um, Yeah. Video. I think uh, I think future. the D V D of the remake that sh- which Shimizu also directed, the one with Sarah Michelle Geller, I think that has both of those segments on it. Yeah, I don't think Arrow was able to get it for their upcoming Juon box set. Yeah. And, uh, and unfortunately, those two segments is all that I know that has been subtitled or translated from any of these TV specials. Yeah. One of these movies, I think it was two, had the 44444 thing in it. Uh, it, I, it might be for a different reason. Because the second one was about like the time... The time the clock for yeah that when the clock strikes that date weird stuff happens in school or whatever um four is an unlucky number in japanese numero- numerology because it's pronounced she and that's the same as the um pronunciation for death huh i didn't know that interesting um so yes uh the the, the grudge is literally a spinoff of of gaku no kaiden and uh 
don't know. That that's that's kind of like why it's kind of weird that nothing besides the segments pertaining to it have made it anywhere across Japan. Because you'd think someone would find some kind of like, I don't know, uh, way to make that into a money <laughs> money making opportunity or mm-hmm. a marketing opportunity. Um, in addition to Shimizu, um, some other filmmakers uh, that worked on that. Um, you have a uh, Hideo Nakata, who of course went on to make um, The Ring. Um, and eventually th- that, uh, the, and then uh, the ring crossed over with Juwan eventually. So, uh, you know, a, a lot of this stuff comes full circle. Um, and then, um, uh, the 1999 special, um, had a segment directed by the, at that point, I th- think probably retired director Michio Yamamoto written by the I would think also by that time retired Fumio Tanaka um and that is uh for those who don't know that is the uh the team who had made Toho's Bloodthirsty trilogy and they did a segment in that mm. special about uh vamp a vampire uh teacher or something vampire in the school and um, they they said that they kind of approached that as kind of a, a little reunion slash spiritual um, sequel or s- spiritual fourth entry in the Bloodthirsty trilogy. So then you want to get crazier with it, you can rope this back to the Bloodthirsty trilogy, the Toho Dracula movies. So um, I, crazy stuff, I know. Um, so... Chiaki Kanaka worked on this uh, series also. Yes, who has written good uh, Ultraman stuff and uh, Marbito and um, Digimon and uh, also bad Evil Dead Trap movie. Uh, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> oh, and the Big O, of course. Um, I I mean, there's there's people I'm forgetting. I mean, Kevin, anyone that deserves mention that uh, didn't cut their teeth on this thing? Uh. Uh, yeah, the the only other name uh, again would uh, that that I've got here is, is Hiroshi Takahashi, who uh, was the writer for the Ring. So you know, yeah. So a lot of uh, a lot of talent broke out. Like I said, I, I, a lot of these guys had done stuff before, but this this is what really kind of these these specials were really popular, and so this is what kind of made them names and um you know it's what gave us it's what literally gave us juan but then also you know i think it propelled guys like kiyoshi kurosawa and hideo nakata to you know to make things like the ring and dark water and pulse and and all that stuff um so that's just the tv specials that ran yearly for for you know what six years or whatever um, on top of that, so we have the four Toho movies that we're going to talk about. And then in 2000, we have the anime, which is an entirely... That, that's a cult uh, thing here, um, mostly due to the dub. Um, so, uh, Kevin, I'm going to hand the mic to you to explain what the hell's going on there. Uh, some people might have seen some viral clips or or memes or something but the 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 dub made it like a cult thing here in america 
So what's that all about? Yeah, so the uh, the anime uh, is a 20-episode series, um, uh, basically, that, that ran in... in uh, at Fuji TV, basically, after they took GTO off of the air and uh, before they put One Piece in, into that time slot. And if you think, hey, those are pretty big series, um, you would be right. And and Ghost Stories was, uh, in fact, in, in Japan, actually a pretty decent success, uh, aside from some controversy where one of the episodes was uh, removed from existence. Um, that, that that was a whole thing with the, the third episode got banned because it was a a slip mouth woman story. And there is some outrage and people were like, Oh, this will offend people with cleft palates. You can't show that blah, blah, blah. So that episode <laughs> just, just lost media. <laughs> yeah. That's stupid. Especially because there is a slip mouth mo- woman in the movie. There, it's since then there's been like a hundred slip mouth woman movies. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them you can even find here in America. It's it's just like the the the, the band Ultra Seven. I feel like it's it's very arbitrary. Sometimes people get uh, up in arms about very specific things, and there's no sense of like, oh, is this a double standard or not? So, oh well. Uh, anyway, so the 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 anime was pretty successful. It got an average viewer rating of twelve to fourteen percent, uh, which is uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna crib Mercury Falcon's uh, video where he talked about this. Uh, the average rating for Dragon Ball was nine percent. So it was it was a pretty successful uh, anime, even though it, it only ran for a short period of time. And uh, the story that ADV tells is there was this series that bombed in Japan. They didn't care what we did as long as we were able to sell it. So um, that's that's bogus. But basically <laughs> what they they did in order to sell this thing in the U.S., which in fairness, it is a anime for children those historically don't do that hot in the States. And also this was a time period where you were getting a bunch of kind of parody dubs. Um, you got things like super milk Chan and the, um, the, the dub of crayon Shinchan and Ultraman Tiga. Uh, so basically this guy at ADV, uh, Stephen Foster decides, okay, well I'm just going to completely, uh, make make my parody dub so that we'll keep all of the character names the same but you know we'll have one character that's like barely intelligible and just speaks gibberish and we'll have one character that just says racist things and we'll have one character that's you know uh extremely uh christian or things like that just to uh have a a giant um laugh at, at the expense of the anime it's it's not entirely dissimilar to like a um what's up tiger lily type of situation but I guess that was successful in that it kept the the anime in, in people's eyes, whereas otherwise it might have completely been forgotten about. Uh, and now you can get the DVD set that has both the Japanese and this this parody dub on it from, from Discotech. There actually is a straight dub that isn't any of the parody stuff that was uh, made for East Asian markets, and that's not available here, unfortunately. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, you can look up, I mean, there's dozens of YouTube videos, like, you can look up, like, you know, the best of the, you know, Ghost Stories dub or whatever, um, and, uh, you know, 
I don't know, it 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 worked cuz the that that anime has become like a cult hit of sorts here um because of that. Um but uh I mean they they still kept cranking stuff out. Uh there was a live action TV series in 2012. There was also another movie um not produced by Toho in 2014. Um oddly enough that one I think is available here. I want. I actually want to say it's streaming somewhere. I could be completely it was on wrong. YouTube, I think. Wasn't yeah, it? I think it's on YouTube. I don't know. It's probably on like Tubi or something. <laughs> don't quote me on any of this, but I, it it seems more readily available than the the nineties films. Um, I looked at it and it looked like it was kind of like one of those starring a bunch of teenagers things, and it had, um no discernible monsters in it. So I just decided I didn't care. <laughs> um, so it picked off more off the fourth movie than the first three. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so in, uh, in going through all that though, um, you can see how just this guy and his little book of stories told to him by students that he, you know, turned into books, um, kind of, inadvertently kickstarted what I like the modern Japanese horror film, basically um, in uh, the TV specials um, specifically really kind of kicked that off because you have basically all the people that are now known. Well, most of them, not everybody, obviously, but many of the names that are considered like now, you know, the Japanese masters of horror, you know, uh, that, that brought them to prominence. It gave us Juan, um, and, uh, I mean, can you think of modern Japanese horror without the ring or the grudge or pulse or, you know, uh, dark water, any of these movies? Um, so did you have to pay a licensing fee to Mick Garris to use the phrase masters <laughs> of horror? <laughs> I don't know if we hear from him though, maybe he'll tell us how he, uh, started the masters of horror, uh, series. He likes to talk to uh, talk about that. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of influence, um, both accidental and I mean, accidental, coincidental, um, intentional, non-intentional, um, that, uh, came from just this guy putting out that these books, um, uh, and it's it's look where we are now. Um, so it, it's pretty wild to think about that. And then there's all kinds of crazy stuff that just ties back into it. Like you, like I said, uh, the Bloodthirsty trilogy guys did another basically mini movie for some reason. I don't know what what attracted them to to do this or how that came about. But um, so yeah, just. Uh, what this did for horror in Japan is pretty uh, pretty crazy. Because even outside of that, I mean, we mentioned how there's kind of, I guess, modern urban legend characters like the Slipmouth Woman and um, Hanako, the Toilet Ghost. Um, I mean, those are characters that pop up all the time in these, and I mean, a lot of that is due to due to these. You know, I, I think, um, and I think Kurosawa did uh, the. The Hanako, the toilet ghost segment for one of the specials as well. Um, 
so yeah, that's a lot to to stick in your noggin. Um, and then, uh, so we're we're talking about the Toho movies. Um, I don't know it, how how was our condensed history lesson there, Kevin? Is there anything that are there any stones left unturned before we get into the the four movies? I think we we hit the uh, the the big notes. Yeah, um, and uh, a lot of that is stuff that I don't know. I I think I don't know. It's, it's weird. No one talks about it. <laughs> a new podcast came out, and I learned so much. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I can understand why uh, these things themselves haven't really come to the states in in a big way. Like these are like these movies are for kids, and I think. By the time you had the people that were ravenously consuming uh, stuff in the J-horror boom, uh, they were looking for more kind of adult material. And yeah. I think that's kind of why you get a bunch of like, uh, especially when you see these reviewed, you'll see people review the first one and kind of like t- turn their nose up at it. Like, I don't think David Callett really liked it. And I don't think uh, whoever reviewed it on Toho Kingdom really liked it. Um, but I think that th- they're looking for a ring and it's not that it's, yeah it's <laughs> well it's interesting because I, when you look at culturally both america and japan that there is a shift in horror in japan it comes a little bit earlier in, in, in japan i think a lot of that shift happens after the um the 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 gas attack um the tokyo subway gas attack in 1995 um and that's where you know, I I think I think the trauma there, uh, just psychologically, drove creators to get more darker and more um, serious here. And and here, after nine eleven, here in America, that's when um, that's that's when you had more things, uh, more horror that was more serious. Whether that be you know the torture porn stuff or um, or you know the 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 remakes of all of those Japanese ghost movies, um, you know it, the the it, we definitely got away from lighter stuff. Whether that was more kid friendly stuff or just campier stuff altogether. I think that's a, also an, in general a byproduct of the more globalization of the film industry as a whole. <clears throat> kids oriented horror doesn't translate as well because you have to do I feel like you have to do a dub for it in order to get kids to really watch it and understand it like the you know the the person who's going to be actually scared by anything in these movies that we watched is going to be someone who's like under the age of like under the age of probably 7 or 8 yeah, it's you know? it, yeah. It would be like your. Um, it's not going to be a kid who's reading subtitles. It's going to be like your your kindergartners, your first graders, who would see this and actually be scared by it, and then they would latch onto it and you know still enjoy watching it, but you know start noticing how it's more fun and more yeah. like earnest scary scared just stupid. for kids as they're yeah as they as they get older and they would like it just because they remember being scared by it when they were kids like. Uh, I made this analogy in one of our many, many text threads of how this is like the gate. Yeah. Yeah. The, 
and I, I mean, I, and kids horror in general, there should be more of. You know, there's kid stuff with monsters and and things like that, but I think kid stuff that is actual horror. You know, we have the Monster Squad, we have, you know, like well, like you said, the Gate. We have the Ernest Scared Stupid, and I actually genuinely like those movies. And even now, when I see a new one that's any good, I'm like, oh, that's cool. But I mean, kids will eat that stuff up, like Gremlins, and you know, I don't know why it's not a bigger thing. Because people think that kids don't like being scared. Yeah, yeah, it, it, that's it's not that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, you don't want to like shake them to their core and show them like The Exorcist or something, but you know, <laughs> uh, but like these these kinds of movies, like um, that is kids tell kids tell like stupid scary stories. Yeah, like, if yeah. You ever hung around kids? They'll be like, oh, and then. There was a ghost over there. Ooh. And like, you know, my kid, my kids will tell each other stories like that, like just to try and creep each other out. And it's like, I saw a monster one time. He was over down the street and they're like, ah, you know, like kids like a little bit of spook and a little bit of scare. And it's why uh, goosebumps was, is so huge. Right. You know, um, yeah, it, it's weird that, and I don't know, like, stuff still comes through every now and then. Yeah, there was that movie just last year called uh, Night Books. Yeah, that was, I like that movie, too. Um, there's the Spirit Halloween movie out <laughs> this year. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for gateway horror. Um, and that is where these movies kind of fall. And, um, and yeah, I think, I think it's a combination of... Uh, you know, here in America, these probably would have been easier to sell in the early 2000s because that is when Japanese, it was like media blasters when they were a real company would release anything. <laughs> if it was Japanese, they'd release it. Tartan, Asia, Extreme would, you know, all those things were popping up, but that's when you get into the kind of, uh, you know, the the reason that those people started doing that was because of stuff like the ring and audition becoming these huge phenomenon and uh you know um stuff like the grudge i mean but some of that stuff wouldn't be responsible without this stuff so yeah, i i think toho had more realistic uh, expectations about what to expect from home video sales uh at that time also yeah <laughs> um but yeah, for a little while, you know, this became one of their yearly, uh, yearly things. Um, you know, they do a Godzilla movie every year or a Mothra movie every year, and they do one of these every year for, for four years. Um, so, uh, um, now that we've gotten that out of the way, we can talk about the movies, which, uh, I can't promise is going to be always as interesting as the actual, you know, history here um uh but you know we're not saying they're good we're not saying they're bad we're not there yet um but the first one is uh 1995 um simply called haunted school or any of those variation variations that you know pick one of the 70 that we said earlier here um 
So parts one, two, and four are directed by a guy named Hideyuki Hirayama, who I'm not familiar with outside of these, but just looking at his credits, it does look like he's gone on to make like some real movies. Or, I don't know. I, that sounds so disrespectful. I, I mean, I, he's, I only he's, know him from his fake movie, the the Maria Stomach, the <laughs> kind of really nasty horror film that was his first thing. What was that? Maria's Stomach. What the hell is that? Oh, it's a body horror video thing. What's it about? I, I, you have my attention with that title. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's kind of what it sounds like. Uh, A stomach. I can provide it to you. (laughs) Is it any good? Uh, I don't think it's... I mean, it's it's, it's a three out of five, one of those deals. Well, look, it's got stomach in the title. It's body horror. I'm in. Say no more. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So apparently this guy's a sick weirdo that made a movie about a stomach. Um... And uh, it seems like what I meant to, I didn't mean, (laughs) that sounded very rude. Let me start over. (laughs) It sounds like he went on to make movies of more prestige at some point. There you go. There, yeah. Um, And uh, uh, the, the general formula, at least for the first three movies, the fourth one... We'll get into the fourth one. If I can give the fourth one any credit, it's that it's tried tried to do something a little different. It's not exact. It doesn't have like the same exact structure of the yeah, first three. Uh, the first three uh, are essentially very very similar in that it's basically um, some kids and uh, sometimes a teacher or an adult um, basically get trapped in a haunted school. And they have to figure out a way to get out. And along the way, they come across different um, ghosts, different monsters. And there's usually a, like a, just a rogues gallery of weird creatures that they, they yeah. you know, get chased around the, by. The movies usually set the tone actually pretty well early on. Like their opening scene features like, you know, someone getting very seriously attacked and or killed um i think all four movies actually feature that where like someone gets very seriously attacked and or killed and so you kind of set this tone early on that you know just because this is it's a it's a good way to approach it for kids right just because this is for kids doesn't mean everyone's going to be safe and then for the rest of the movie pretty much everyone is safe but (laughs) (laughs) And the and the rest of the stuff is just like, ooh, spooky monster over there. But like, yeah, then then after that point, like a bunch of kids somehow get trapped in a haunted school, whether it's they happen to be in their regular school and uh, something is going crazy with the clocks. That's number two. Or their um, their school is built right next to the old haunted school next door. <laughs> <laughs> and that's number one. Or they get sucked into a haunted mirror and are in the mirror dimension of ghost school, and that's number three. And then they have to like try and find their way out, and it usually it usually happens by like befriending a child ghost who is on the other side, and that happens sometime before like the time runs out and or the 
school uh, goes Carrie's house on itself and implodes and or the ghost dimension collapses or the kids get trapped there forever, something like that. And then they get, you know, go back to their normal life and they're like, oh, thank you, spirit ghost. <laughs> there's, there's almost, uh, barring the fourth one, uh, always a, a, a big scary thing that chases them uh, t- towards the climax also, which is my favorite part of these movies. Yeah, the monsters are pretty cool. I I, I will say that. Um, so um, Hirayama does uh, parts one, two, and four, and uh, you know, in 1997, uh, I believe between Gamera's uh, two and three, our buddy Shusuke Kaneko comes in and does the third one, um, and he brings with him um, Ko Otani doing the score, and then uh, you know. They then the fourth one is the year after that, um, and that's Hirayama again. So um, I mean, the the general plot structure of the first three movies. I mean, we pretty much said what they are, um, and they succeed and fail to varying degrees based on the movie. But that's essentially the skeleton of uh, of the story. Um. Uh. So I mean, it's it's. I guess with these, we can just kind of talk about how they get there a little bit. Um, <clears throat> the first one um, follows uh, a group of kids. Um, there's a, a little sister who has to go back um, to the school because she forgets her art supplies for a homework assignment. Um, and there she... Uh, she sees like weird stuff like a floating soccer ball um and uh well she she wanders into the like tom said the abandoned schoolhouse which is next to the functioning one and it's haunted and um she's lured in by a uh like a ball um and uh so her um i guess it's her sister uh, there's, there, one of these kids is in, pretty androgynous. Uh, I, I watched the movie thinking it was a little boy, but apparently it is her older sister. Um. The subtitles are no help in figuring that out either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, these weren't Kevin's crazy machine translations either. I think these, I don't know where these subtitles came from. They've been around for a while though. Um, but yeah, the subtitles don't help with any of that. Um, and uh um and the essentially there's the, the so there's uh they're fu- they're looking for the the little girl and then um some other kids they know are are in there like playing pranks basically and and uh they the 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 kids i think um there's a there's there's a lot of kids in this one uh i think there's like 5 5 or six I think uh I think including the ghost kid does a bunch of, this one I think doesn't this one have like the least amount of kids? Uh let's see. We have uh Aki, Mika, Kensuke, Shota, and then the twins, uh Hitoshi. Um they get trapped um or I don't, and and then there's another the the other twin is outside the school, 
But uh, you can tell these twins have dorky parents because they they're they're those twins that you always see, and you're like, why why you guys got to be dressed the same all the time? <laughs> um. Uh. So. Uh. Throughout the throughout the story, um, the kids base. This is one thing that drove me crazy. More, more, not so much with the third one, but the first two is these characters keep breaking up and getting back together constantly to the point where I was like starting to lose track of who's with who and who's going where and whatever. And it's like, look, just stay together, okay? Use the buddy system. <laughs> um, uh, and then um, outside. Uh, while the kids are trapped inside dealing with uh, crazy creatures and stuff, um, his the the basically the one kid's mom, who I guess was childhood friends with his teacher, you know, um, they're the two main adults here. The mom, I like the mom. I thought she was pretty funny, and she's a mechanic, which is like a Japanese movie with a mechanic mother. Like that's pretty sweet. Um, and and probably not the norm of at least what you see depicted in in Japanese movies, but um, so they they end up looking for for the kids and they wind up uh, you know um, getting in the school and uh, this all started because these dumbass kids were playing soccer or something and they I forget exactly what it was they were doing something and they uh, they knocked the head off like a a. a the statue in the schoolyard and i guess that's like you know they can't get out of the school until the statue is like put back together um kind of like in gmk when you know those those old statues get broken that's like when the guardian monsters come out um, like cd rums yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah, that and then it basically follows the structure that we we mentioned. Um this one has uh some pretty cool set pieces though. Um and a lot of great practical effects both you know latex rubber suit makeup stuff and some pretty cool stop motion stuff. Yeah, yeah, these uh differ from I guess the usual tokusatsu uh stuff. I mean you know, you see Toho and movies with monsters and you think you're going to see, you know, suits and stuff like that. But yeah, there's some cool stop motion stuff in here. Um, and we have some pretty cool creatures we can talk about. Um, uh, so uh, through, I guess if there's one creature that is kind of, I guess what I would maybe say is the face, quote unquote, of these movies it is kind of a wacky, almost Slimer-type character that shows up in a scene or two in all of them except for the fourth one. Uh, and, I don't know, chases the kids around. Is He's got, you know, a crazy, you know, long tongue, and he, he's uh, this sort of pink ape-looking guy. Um, if you either Google images from these movies or if you have any of those like Toho, Tokusatsu encyclopedias that might have pages dedicated to these, you've probably seen this character. Um, now, we were talking before we started recording, 
And I had no idea what this character was actually supposed to be, and I have no idea why it's actually so much different from what it actually is. But Kevin, tell us what this character is actually is supposed to be, and I just just what is up with this interpretation of it? Uh, well, it's it's supposed to be a teke teke, which uh, teke teke are ghosts of people who have been killed by trains, and the bottom of their body is missing so they just crawl around on their hands and this looks like a a, a chimpanzee with like an oversized <laughs> uh, torso and, and arms and little tiny legs uh so I, I mean i think you you put it the nail right on the head there is that this is slimer for the franchise you know it's not a character that's actually important but it's a very marketable character and uh there are there are a bunch of figures of of this uh teke teke. Yeah, yeah. I, I think whenever we first started talking about these, you sent us some pictures. I guess when these movies came out, that was like the character that was getting toys and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You get that vibe just from watching the movie though. Like you're just because that's all I've ever done is watch these movies. I don't you guys know I don't know a damn thing about toys. <laughs> I watched I watched these movies and I was just like, that's that's the slimer of the franchise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like right off the bat, it, it just gives you that vibe. Yeah, it's more of like what you would think from as being like a silly yokai from a yokai film and not you know, I don't know why it's a teke teke. That's I don't understand. No, that. that's insane. <laughs> Yeah, and especially like if you look at depictions of those, yeah, they're like these. Sometimes they're like zombies, you know. They're crawling on on their arms, and sometimes they have like intestines and guts falling out of the torso. And this is just like a weird ape thing. Um, it's it's interesting to me that the creature designs in this were done by Katsuya Tarada, uh, who I tend to think of as doing some some much more kind of weird and out there stuff, but I, I guess some of that does, does transfer over to these, but you know, when you think about like, uh, like monster X and final wars or, um, uh, or like the new Daimajin for uh great yokai war guardians, like, did he do stuff for Shin Godzilla? Uh, or am I, I might be thinking of someone else. I think he, ha- he has done like Garo stuff, hasn't he? I, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he works with, with Amemiya a lot. So he worked on, you know, um, on Zerum and, and things like that. So I, I think he did. Um, I think he must've done something for Garo. Um, yeah, his, his, his work is pretty, uh, fantastic usually. Um, and, uh, so yeah, we have a cameo from the slit mouth woman, which is crazy because I don't know, I guess people were just fine with it in this, but not in a, <laughs> dumb anime <laughs> yeah it's very very strange that five years later it was suddenly too much too hot for tv yeah um we have a uh um there's a there's a giant yeah it's like a giant kid right mm-hmm. um we have uh, a human, a dog with a human. No, the, the the dog is in two and three. I don't think the dog is yeah. in this one. Uh, we do have. Um, they run Give into the like watermelon. Yeah, yeah. At the beginning, at the beginning, like uh, they show basically like a story of like a guy. I don't know if he gets eaten or whatever, but he sees like a 
a haunted watermelon. And it turns out it's just a story the kids are telling. But um, uh, I, I actually, I'd like, that's a really cool opening scene. Um, we have, uh, at one point after they're, uh, I don't know, they, they're being chased by other things and they, like, mess up a, uh, one of the classrooms. They run into a janitor um, who, uh, you know, turns into this, like, grotesque body horror giant spider human monstrosity um according to the japanese wikipedia which is in uh broken english translation it says uh his name was originally janitor inferno uh, they that's probably something else hell or something demon uh and uh um it was changed to Kuma Hige because there was a possibility it would be discriminatory against janitors. <laughs> so I, I don't know if they were fearing, uh, you know, uh, janitors picketing outside the movie theater or what. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite uh, thing in this, though, is is the 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 transformation stuff. I mean, like if. If my whole, uh, you know, dropping everything and asking about this guy's stomach movie wasn't a clue, um, I'm a big body horror guy. Um, so that was my stuff. And then it's uh, Mizuo Yoshida, who um, people know as the GMK Godzilla, uh, the guy uh, in the suit in the Zara movies, um, Dagara, uh, half of the Legion Queen in Gamera 2. He was the... Uh, the spider monster in this. Um, and he would also have a suit monster role in the third movie. Um, right. He was the, he was the, the bisected mannequin in the third yep, movie. In the third movie, he was the, uh, yeah, the, the, the anatomy mannequin that comes to life, which in this movie, I don't think he was, but let's talk about that because, um, that's one of, that's, an, that's probably my second favorite, like, creature out of these. Um, it's and, another iconic one. Yeah, um, and and that's uh, if if you guys have ever been had like you know an anatomy class or a science class, and you had one of those mannequins, it's like a cutaway, and um, you know it's you know a mannequin, but it's got like some of its skin missing, so you see the muscles on part of it, or you know um, the skin in the the stomach or in, is missing, so you see like the stomach and intestines. Um, so, and if you ever, you know, if you ever touched it, all of the organs came tumbling out and you could never get it to go back together. <laughs> yeah, which has happened to me before. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, one of those comes alive and chases the kids around. That's actually the room that the janitor is like, what are you kids doing? You got to help clean me, clean this up, clean me up. You got to clean all this up. Um, <laughs> That's a different horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm a little bit reminded of an uh, reanimator when um, when David uh, Gale's character is, is sneaking around with the uh, the anatomy head on top. Yeah, to, yeah. Uh, the oh, yeah. Um, bit, the ghost of Beethoven shows up uh, at one point. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of just a crazy. Uh, you know, what once the movie gets cooking, it it's a crazy and monster encounter like one after another um yeah and like all their like the school art projects come to life and things 
Yeah, because right? that's that's where all like the that's where all the um, stop motion kind of happens, right? The, yeah, like, the, the the clay hands and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a cool part too. Like the the clay hands in the art room all kind of come to life, and it's claymation, and it like surrounds one of the kids, and I don't know, pulls them underneath something. I don't know. Whatever happens doesn't have much consequence because I think the next time you see that kid, he's, they're just like fine. But <laughs> um, so yeah, well, there's again, a lot of kids uh, horror. It's like yeah, something spooky, but no one gets hurt. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's uh, um, the French doll Mary, um, and uh, that that's um, the I. It, that that's supposed to be the watermelon thing, but um, I is is I don't know if that's usually depicted as a watermelon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that that's another urban legend kind of ghost character. Kevin, do you know anything about about Mary? Mm, no, I don't. Um, it, it, uh, apparently, it was. Um, like a, a another one of those urban legend things. Um, in the movie, is pretty cool though. Um, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of cool set pieces. Um, that, uh, like I said, I, I think the movie takes a minute to get there, but once it does, it's it's it turns into like a really um, kind of fun spook show kind of movie um and i and i think that's probably where my biggest complaint is i mean this is an hour and 40 minutes and um it's okay at an hour and 40 minutes but i think if you scraped out 15 20 minutes or so you would have like a pretty great like gateway horror film um, how do yeah. you guys feel? Yeah, I, yeah I it's a little, it's that. slow to get started for sure. I definitely remember being a little like, Ooh, I don't know if I'm digging this. And then, and then ultimately you do see its charm. Yeah. Once, once Inferno is on screen, I'm just, uh, I'm grinning. Yeah. What, like I said, once it, once it gets going, it gets going, but it, it just takes a little to get there. Um, um, and uh, this this is a movie that I really do think it's a shame that um, isn't uh, you know circulated more or um, uh, has better English subtitles for. Um, like my daughter is in second grade and she she usually does pretty good with subtitles too. Um, and this is a movie that I would I would like to watch with her, but it's like well. <laughs> Probably not, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but yeah. If, so like the, the one subtitle is something like, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're in danger. We'll all be killed. Supper time. And you're like, what? <laughs> no, that's. Yeah. So, uh, right. and I, I mean, I'll say that for all four of these, it's a shame there's not better subtitles because these are movies that I think you could watch with your kids and, and they would enjoy, especially if they're into like spooky stuff like this, like, you know. Uh, like we just watched the Halloween tree last night. Like this has a similar, you know, tone of kids 
working their way through this situation where they have to interact with ghosts and monsters and stuff. And at the end of the day, everyone's fine, but there are parts where, especially if you are a kid, you're going to be like, ooh, I don't know if this person's getting out of this, you know. So, yeah, it's kind of a shame there's not a better translation available. And um, I think part of, you know, once Kevin was like, look, I can run shitty shitty subs for two and three, uh, I think part of my decision to be like, you know, let's just do it is like, unfortunately, I don't see these getting anything in the near future. And that doesn't just mean, you know, a cool arrow set or Blu-rays or whatever. I mean, I don't see this getting the fan attention to get better subtitles. I just don't see it happening. We've tried with uh, with numerous venues, both official and unofficial, to uh, to to get some some better subtitle treatment, and everyone was just kind of like, "I don't have the energy or resources to yeah to go for it." So. <laughs> so it's one of those things where I just kind of normally I wouldn't do this because it's like I I want to really know what's going on if I'm going to watch something. But I was like, you know, this yeah. is this is quite literally the best we're probably ever going to get. So I was just like, you know what. Let's do it. Screw it. Um, yeah, because yeah, this is you know. I mean, it's it's not getting it's not going to go anywhere official because well, you know, the, these four you'd reach movies, out to to- yeah, reach out to Toho and be like, hey, you know these things that you haven't touched in thirty years. Uh, I'd like to throw a DVD set together or something and just like you know, damn near give them away, and they'd be like, yeah, okay, how about twenty million dollars. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. These four well, movies being under 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 Toho is <laughs> that that is that damns them to any kind of international <laughs> Blu-ray release. Um, but yeah, fan subbers don't seem too too interesting. You know, it's just someone listening. If you want to prove me wrong, you know, I I would love it. But it's just being a realist. It's like this is probably the best we can do. Um, but I don't know. The, the, that's the first one. It's pretty solid, but I mean, uh, it, it is a little sluggish in places and, um, uh, you know, uh, how many, um, offended janitors do you guys <laughs> give the first movie out of, uh, out of five? For me, this is one of those, um, I liked it. It is a little long. It's a little slow to get started. It's also you know, frankly, not super for me. Right. I mean, um, aside Are you gonna tell from, me you're in your thirties and not a, not a like fourth grader. Yeah. No, <laughs> not, a, not a, I, I mean, aside from like the, the very, very bests of the bests, you know, your gremlins, your monster squads, those kinds of things. Uh, gateway horror is always something where I'm like, Oh, I, appreciate that that exists more so than I'm going to be running out to watch it. I'd give this one a three out of five as is I'd say, you know, could that climb to a three and a half if it had better subtitles and a better transfer and I could sit back and really relax and enjoy it. Maybe. Mm -hmm. I think there's another one, one of the other ones that I would say definitely could go to a three and a half if it had decent subtitles, but this is like a, Maybe if I understood a little better what was going on and, you know, but it it still would have some of its pacing issues. So this is a three out of five, though. Um, 
I'm pretty much right there with you. Uh, I mean, with the pacing issues, with better subtitles, I might put this up to a three and a half. Um, but as it is, it, it's a three. Better subs could bump it up. Um, but yeah, I'm going with a three. What about you, Kevin? Uh, I'll go with a uh, with a solid three and a half. Um, I just uh, I'm a sucker for uh, you know. Hiroko the Goblin or any other movie where children get chased around to school by a spider monster. All right. Um, so uh, next we're going to go to 1996 with uh, Gako no Kaiden 2. Haunted School 2, School Ghost Stories 2, School of Ghosts 2, or Ghost Stories 2. Pick one. Um, largely the same... Uh, team that, that made the last one we have Hiroyama is uh, the director um and uh i don't know this is probably the one i f- i feel like in i in my bones i can feel like this is probably the one we're gonna have the least to say about um this is very much like the first movie but nothing happens is how i would is how i described it in our in our chat um so this one is uh, essentially... It's got, like, less of a plot, or maybe just because of the worst the worst subtitles, uh, even harder to <laughs> describe or understand plot. Yeah, um, so th- this one, again, we have a group of kids that are trapped in a school. Um, and uh, this one... Is like uh, there's a teacher played by a Godzilla 2000's Naomi Nishida, which I believe this was her first starring role. Um, but she's she, I mean, she wound up in a ton of stuff. Godzilla 2000. She's done work with stuff with Takashi Miike. I mean, she's kind of been everywhere since. But um, she, she's even been in another Gakko Nakaida. <laughs> that is true. As essentially the same character, but not in name. <laughs> Um, so, uh, this has, uh, uh, she plays a teacher and, um, you know, some of her students go on a summer vacation, summer, I don't know what you want to call it, a summer camp or whatever, and, um, uh, they, uh, have this old schoolhouse, um, there is a weird man who is stealing art from different like churches and or monasteries or temples is the word I'm looking for. Um, and, uh, he ends up in this school and there, there's, uh, there's this whole thing around the school in this one where, um, you know, if, if you go to the school at four forty four. On April 4th, like, I guess that's, uh, you know, a creepy story that is told. Um, It looks like at the beginning of the movie they're doing the kind of 100 ghosts ritual that you see in different um, Japanese media. I don't know. We talked about that way back when when we did our our episode on the Daya Yokai movies. But um, anyway, that's, that's kind of this urban legend around here and the, and the kids are like, Oh, well let's go to the school, uh, and be there for four forty four, 
And um, one of the kids gets his shoe stuck in a clock tower so the clock doesn't get to 444. Or, or I think it, the clock gets there, but the portal's left open because the kid's shoe is in the clock. Anyway, um, this, uh, this traps the kids and their teacher inside, and, you know, uh, they're stuck in there with this art thief guy, um, and that, that, that's kind of where we get to our basic kids stuck in a school get chased by things, and get out story structure. Um, now, this one feels the like there's just... It feels a lot like the first movie, but with less happening. And I don't know if they did a lower budget or what, or if maybe the first movie just made a lot of money and this one, they, they really kind of maybe rushed it, but... It really does seem like they're just like, okay, now that the kids are in the school, it's a lot of like a one of my nitpicks with the first one where I said like there's a group of characters that are just constantly breaking up and getting back together and breaking up. And this one does that, but unlike the first one, it doesn't seem to have as many crazy monster things peppered in to make that interesting or anything. just one really crazy one at the end yes yeah it's I, like that's where a lot of the money goes to Un- unlike the first movie the teke teke character is um like bad cgi this time where in the first one you know it was a cool puppet with you know i think there was some stop motion stuff even with it um and so it it that's way less interesting this time um, and then, like, yeah, like, other than that, you just have, like, um, this is where you do see the ghost face uh, dog. Um, There's, then, like, a giant bug at one point. Yeah, yeah. There, that, and, yeah, that's one of the actual decent, like, scenes is, like, uh, there's some, uh, like, it's, like, if you've ever seen insects mounted, like, there's, like, one of the kids is, like, stuck to one of those, and there's, like, giant beetles mounted next to it and they start to come to life and stuff. Um, and then, um, there's, a uh, a statue of, um, Nino Mia, Nino Mia Suntoku. Um, Kevin, do you know who that is? Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, you, the, the, that's a statue you normally see outside of uh, Japanese schools, right? The um, the guy reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like um, a, and uh, that is a pretty cool stop scholar. motion. Yeah, yeah, that is a pretty cool stop motion thing in here. Um, uh, but yeah, he was a Japanese uh, philosopher. Um, and, you know, he he his writings. Um, you know, took elements of stuff like Buddhism and Shintoism and stuff. Um, I'm not exactly sure why he's relevant to the plot in this. Um, you know, I, I think it's purely just because it's something that every school has one. So just like the mannequin, the idea of it coming to life is like kind of uh, intrinsically uh, ingrained into like small children's imaginations. Yeah, it pretty much just like go. It, it's pretty much like in in the movie, he pretty much just like returns a book to the library or whatever, and then, like, goes back outside and <laughs> freezes in the yard again. Like, um, 
yeah, I mean, it just a, not a lot of like cool ghosts, really. Even um, I, I like the the hand in the toilet. Yeah, and I, yeah, there's a part where the kids in the toilet and the hand comes up and like leaves like I don't know, like blood a, on his face. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, I don't know if it's supposed to be blood or what. Um, is that supposed to be another like Hanako reference? Uh, maybe. Um, it's it's close enough that I could I could see it, you know, being being that same thing. And it asks him, what, "Do you prefer red or blue paper?" Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a Hanako thing. So it's the the idea is that it's one of those, you know, like with the slip mouth woman, it asks you a question, and no matter which way you answer. Uh, you die because, like, if you answer red, then you get murdered in a bloody way, and then if you answer blue, you get strangled so your face turns blue. What if I just want white toilet paper? Like, normal toilet paper. What are you gonna do? Uh, maybe you'd survive, I don't know. <laughs> She'd turn you white. <laughs> um... But yeah, I don't know. It sounds like we're if it sounds like we're struggling to like find interesting things to talk about with this movie, it's because there's really not. It's much. super the same movie yeah. in a lot of ways, but just less happens until the end, where kind of kind of more happens. Yeah, the the end is probably the best stuff, and that's when uh, the clock tower. Like the the kid removes his shoe, and then the 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 like the, the this big like I, I don't know how to like a, almost like a tree monster looking guy, um, like basically comes out of uh, like the clock tower, um, and uh, uh, that's a pretty cool looking creature, you know, big practical puppet and stuff like that. Um, and then uh, we, we mentioned how each of these usually has like a ghost character that is um, good and working with the kids. This one has um, uh, this like kind of, I don't know what I, the subtitles literally make it. So I can't tell if this is supposed to be a twist or not, but um, one of the kids is uh, one of the ghosts is like, one of the kids' grandparents. Yeah, yeah. Right? You find out it's like his grandparents because he he takes a picture with them with a Polaroid, and then after all the craziness of the movie at the end, like the their picture, the picture of the kid like stays the same, but the other kids like age. And he's like, "Oh, it's my grandparents." And there's some stuff in the movie about how uh, I don't know he misses his grandparents or something. I don't know. Um, uh, so that, I don't know, that's not, I guess we didn't talk about that part, similar part in the first movie. Like, the first one has, like, almost like a fun little, like, you know, at the end, like, the kid, I guess he, like, the girl that turned out to be a ghost in the first movie, he's like, oh, I wish I told her I loved her. Like, I don't know, there's, like, a little, like, crush thing going on there. Um, I don't know, this is a little less, I don't know, it's kind of sweet, I guess. I guess I could say it's a sweet moment, but... Uh, with 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 these subtitles, I don't know what's going on. They're, they're like, um, the kids. Some... The kids' names in the subtitles are like good, 
Oh, Tom that's the third head. one. The third one has good. This one, oh, seven, this, the second one, I think, one of the kids, oh, the, the names translated was, is Seven Sons. Oh, so he's yes. like, I'm going to go check on Seven Sons. Uh, like, stuff like that. I think one of them was like a money amount, like three, 30 million won or something. <laughs> There's another part where, like, I think it's it's after it's one of the first times they see a ghost, and it's the the statue of the philosopher, and the one kid doesn't believe them, and in the middle of this like kind of like argument, one of them just shouts, "It's always a bargain eating at Mongolian barbecue," which I don't think is what they're actually saying, but that's what these like crazy, uh, nonsensical subtitles say. So. Some of that had me like die. Like, I, I, like this. The la- last week, I was going through a lot, like in my like life, life. So, uh, I like th- these subtitles gave me a lot of laughs that <laughs> I, I, pr- I really like needed at the time. And the it's always a bargain at Mongolian barbecue coming up in the middle of a conversation about ghosts, just like I, I laughed so hard at that. I, <laughs> I I listened hard to the Japanese, and it's really hard. It's it's kind of garbled because it's it's two children yelling at each other in the hallway. Like, oh my god, I laughed so hard. So what Kevin's saying is it's it's not not. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a, a bargain eating at McGolan. And then there's barbecue. another scene, Tom. I asked you about because you're the Dragon Ball guy. You have the Dragon Ball podcast. There's a uh, like the the. the one of the kids is being stubborn and he's like, you're like Baji from Dragon Ball. And I'm like, who is that? And you're like, I have no idea. <laughs> it was, it's such a tough thing because it's hard to tell whether it's, you know, talking about, cause it's when they're like arguing about food or something. Right. So it's like, <laughs> are they, are they talking about Majin Buu and it's a really poor translation and they're like maybe making fun of this kid for being fat and being focused on, food or something or is it a secretly kind of good translation of a super deep cut reference which would be to like the character oolong being based on the characters jubaji from journey to the west um who is an anthropomorphic pig man who helps the the um the 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 buddhist monk um god my brain is not functioning right now but he helps the buddhist monk and son goku or some uh, wukong along the way of their journey right so it's like is this a a very bad translation and it's just trying to pick on like a kid for being fat like majin buu or is it like a bad translation of a very deep cut reference which is also picking on him for being fat yes so it it could be like an accidental good translation. <laughs> well, you know, the, these these subtitles were not from the Japanese. They were from uh Chinese or or Malaysian or wherever they were they were from. I think it was Chinese. So if the Chinese translation of Dragon Ball changes the names to make them consistent with the characters in Journey to the West, then it would be Baji as as opposed to Oolong, right? So it could yeah, be but, accidental, an accidental line that made sense. Yes. 
Um, or it could be completely like off base. <laughs> yeah, he could. He, he, it could. It could not be about Dragon Ball at all. <laughs> with how these translation, with how these subtitles are. There's another one that made me laugh. That's not as outrageous as the ones we've been talking about. But there's a, a part where like um, the temple priest is playing like a Game Boy or something. And the subtitle, he's saying something, and the subtitle is him saying, video game consoles are so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody would ever say that. Um, Oh, we forgot the the principal or the teacher or whatever at the beginning turns into a Roku Rakubi, which is the long-necked woman, um, which is also, like, fairly poor CG. This one is, like, it bumps up the CG, also, and I, I don't know. That also makes me not favor it quite as much as the first one. But well, it was it was '96 in Japan, so they were probably like, <laughs> "Oh, this is the cutting edge way to do these movies." And hindsight is 2020. <laughs> yeah, uh, Hollywood barely had CG figured out then. Um. All right, so. Uh, um, Anyway, I don't know that there's much more to say about it. So if if you guys are are good, we can do our ratings for the second movie. Um, we can do uh, like how many um, how many bargain Mongolian barbecue meals do you give this <laughs> out of five? With it being harder to follow, even slower to get going, and really just punctuated by like a couple of highlight moments which makes me think that maybe the budget was the same and they just chose to spend it differently and have you know a few highlight moments and a big major sort of climax to kind of try and ramp it up a little bit differently i i just i didn't dig this one quite as much um i'm i'm not willing to condemn it because you know we couldn't understand it but (laughs) I also just kind of it's I barely remember any of it and I watched it like it's not much to remember so I'm at just a two and a half out of five on this one um I am also at a two and a half if if they're like the the clock monster is cool um like I said the little uh thing twist with the kids grandparents is 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 really sweet um, and there's some, some fun along the way, but, uh, I mean, Naomi Nishida, I mean, she's always, I always really like her. She's great. Um, but yeah, it, it, this is one that just, um, didn't super click with me and, uh, with better subtitles, I could see this getting to like a three, like an average three as it is though. I'm going to stick with the two and a half right there with you. Um, Kevin, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm about the same. I actually, the thing that I, uh, I I latched onto in this, which uh, I don't think did as much for, for either of y'all, was the uh, them changing it up a little bit so it's not a teacher that's trapped in there with them, but like a burglar. And yeah, yeah. He's like he's a burglar with a heart of gold. So even though he's like stealing stuff, he's you know kind of helping out the kids and yeah. Blah, 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 and blah. and there, there's some fun stuff because one of the kids is a mute and he can only like communicate with the whistle. So there's some fun stuff with like he and the the burglar kind of like become friends and he can like understand what his whistles mean when other people can't like, again, there's some fun to be had there too, but 
And and then I like it. he's completely unrepentant when he gets out and just goes back to burling people. <laughs> yeah, that that story doesn't really go anywhere. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, did you say what your score was? Uh, two and a half. Two and a half. Okay, so we're we're all on the same page so far. Um, so we're gonna go to three uh, for reasons unbeknownst to me. Um, we have a shake up here. We have a. Uh, um, between Gamera movies, um, Shusuke Kaneko stays busy by doing the third movie, and um, he brings with him um, his uh, regular um, composer collaborator, Ko Otani, to do the score. Um, and this one is uh, a different screenwriter as well. It's uh, Michiru Shimada, who, looking at uh, his credits, is a lot of anime stuff, but... Um, so we do have a, a bit of a, a regime change here, um, and uh, I'll just say um, uh, you, you can tell. Um, so this one, essentially, we have, again, very similar story structure, a group of kids and an adult. This time, it's uh, Naomi Nishida, again, uh, also playing their teacher, but this is a different character. Um uh, and they're trapped in a school. The twist on that formula here is that they're stuck in the mirror dimension, which we've seen in a lot of stuff. Um, we've seen that in uh, um, Poltergeist 3. We've seen that in uh, um, Oculus. Um, I mean, that's kind of its own trope in horror. There's, I think, the, the there was a... Is it just called Mirror, the Japanese one? There's a Japanese mirror movie that was remade here. Isn't there a crappy Michael Keaton one or something named Mirrors? Mirrors. I think I am thinking of Mirrors, but I don't think Michael Keaton's in it. Why did I think Michael Keaton was in it? He's in another. What? What is? What is? He does have a crappy ghost movie. I know. I saw it in theaters. What was that called? White Noise. Mm. You did might it, be thinking those, of White. Those noise. might have come out at around the same time. They probably did. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so in this one, um, the teacher well, finds a mirror that I guess I'm not clear on if it belonged to this kid or not. But basically, it's a haunted mirror that she finds in the school. She's like, oh, that looks cool. She hangs it up, and uh, it sucks all the, the uh, group of kids and her into the mirror dimension, which is like a backwards-ass haunted dimension. And like I said, that's a big trope in horror. I mean, it's there's mirror horror, like... It's every... one of the Goosebumps books. Yeah, yeah, it, it's shown up in a lot of places. Um, and Just to piggyback on child horror. Right, right, yep. And... Um, and the, the, the good ghost on the other side is uh, this kid, um, Daichi, who, um, was he handicapped? He always wanted to play sports, but he couldn't. Yeah, um, he wanted to go to the sports meeting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the subtitle calls, uh, you know, instead of saying, like, oh, you know, I'm going to go to the game or I'm going to go watch the race, it calls it a sports meeting. So this yeah. this I little boy to be like a festival uh or like a sports day at school or yeah, something. Yeah, like um we used to call them track and field day. Yeah, have. field day. Yeah, we used to call them field days, things like that. Um when I was a kid and we had them. 
so yeah, he for whatever for reasons that uh, either I forgot or the subtitles didn't clear up or a combination of both. He, uh, you know, he wasn't able to go to the school sporting event, which I, I think he wanted to participate in the three-legged race. Um, if anyone ever did that when they were kids, um, I don't know what's going on with the Japanese version of that, but there's like a giant ball that they like bat around. I don't know what, I don't know what that is. Um, do you guys, you know what I'm talking, do you remember that? I, I remember seeing that giant ball bouncing around, but I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> um, any, anyway, so that's our group of characters and the friendly ghost on the other side that is uh, eventually going to help them. Um, we have a, a, a fun family dynamic here in that um, uh, you basically have sort of a Brady Bunch situation where half of these kids belong to different single parents um, who are uh, you know getting ready to start a life together and um, you have uh, um, this reluctance at the beginning of the movie for, for them to accept each other. Um, uh, the, the one kid has a, uh, a mole under his nose, and uh, he kind of like, you know, they make fun of him for a little bit. Of course, I bring this up because the subtitles hilariously translate... They make fun of him because they say, like, oh, it looks like he has a booger on his face. But the the subtitles hilariously translate booger to uh, nasal feces <laughs> and nose <laughs> shit, which is, I, I've i never thought of boogers as being na- nose feces, but I can't unthink that now. And it is, <laughs> there's multiple times that that comes up in these subtitles. And again... When I was having a really rough, depressing week last week, it just gave me so many laughs <laughs> that I needed, and it, it was just amazing. Um, uh, so, uh, nose feces kid, uh, you know, he's reluctant to accept his, you know, um, his new step brother and sister. One is a little girl who I don't know if she's supposed to be on the spectrum, but she seemed, she seemed a you little, you can't say that in this movie. <laughs> I don't even want to think about what the subtitles would say if they tried to bring that up. Um, and then, uh, her brother who, uh, is going comprehend? to be... is her brother comprehend or is she comprehend? I think she, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, the names are all hilarious. So uh, the main kid with the mole on his face is translated. His his name in the Japanese version, version, it's only one, but the the character's name is Ryo, and I know that because they say it a lot, but every time they say it, the subtitle says good. So his name is good. And then there's another kid. Yeah, one of them is Comprehend. One of them is Orchid. Yeah, so that would be be Yukari, right? Yeah. And then the other one is, um, Tom, you just said it. What's the one I'm missing? No, I said comprehend. Yeah, there's Same comprehend, good. good, orchid, and there's another one that's really stupid also. Um, anyway, whatever. It, it, it doesn't matter because whatever. I'm, but it's probably really funny. Um, so, uh, the, yeah, there's the one kid that's uh, a nerd, and he's like... Um, 
you know, he's written up this uh, contract if they want to, like, you know, be be brothers. And he's like, you have to sign. And the other kid's like, I'm not signing. What do you, what's wrong with you? Um, and he's like a computer nerd. And the other kid, uh, at least according to the subtitles, keeps asking him if he can teach him the internet. Um, grapefruit. <laughs> grape, yeah, grapefruit is the, <laughs> it's another, another messed up translated kid name. Um, yeah. Oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> Good grapefruit comprehend orchid yeah these are our characters <laughs> um according to these horribly translated uh subtitles um anyway so there, there's 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 tension there with the family and you know the mom and dad you know they they were hoping the kids would hit it off and they don't and so through a series of circumstances they all find their way to the school and um that's kind of the journey and uh so you can already tell, and there's actual like character growth. There's character arcs in this, and there's the there's fun stuff in here. And uh, this, um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm speaking for everybody, but um, I think the upgrade. To, I think Kaneko is an upgrade for sure because it's quite telling to me that I watched this with subtitles, every bit as terrible as the previous movie. And I never felt so, and and I was along with it. You know, I I was entertained. I didn't feel bored, and I thought the characters were fun. And um, it has a lot of uh, kind of very, I guess, real and humane storytelling that is something that I think Kaneko is able to bring out of stories very well. Um, we've, we, you know, I've talked about a lot of times how just little human, very human, very real moments can make movies like this more enjoyable. And he's a director I go to a lot because you see that in a lot of his work, like, um, even little things like I always bring up the, the police officer and pyrokinesis who, you know, one of her little quirks is she's just always eating these mints or these hard candies and offering them to someone. It's like things like that make people feel real. Like there's a scene in this where um, uh, there's one kid who has a crush on a girl and they're trapped together. You know, they're separated from the rest of the characters. And, you know, he admits to her that he likes her and she's a little hesitant, but you can tell, you know, she might like him a little bit too. And there's um, a part where the kid is in the bathroom. It actually has a really funny um, Hanako cameo. Like, the kid's taking a crap, and, like, you know, you see the the hand, like, come out and, like, offer him a roll of toilet paper. And he gets freaked out, and he runs out of the bathroom naked, and you see the, the girl, like, cover her eyes, and then just, like, just for a second, you see her, like, you know, because the other kid's naked, because they're, like, I think they were washing their clothes or something. And you see, like, she, she covers her eyes and, like, she just opens her fingers a little bit and peeks and smiles. And it's like, that's a fun, charming, like, little character beat. And um, it's the kind of thing that I, I, I think he's really good at. So that goes without saying, for me, this is my favorite of the three and one that I think I would rewatch if there were better subtitles. How do you guys feel? This one has a lot more... <clears throat> going on. I mean, by, by 
shifting things a little bit to have it be a whole ghost dimension versus just this haunted school thing. There's a lot more playing that Kanako does with, you know, they get out of the school and they think they're safe and then they get on the bus and the bus is like, full like of zombies, zombies <laughs> who they, just the whole light, the lighting and everything, just because we had recently talked about it, it like vaguely reminded me of Biocop at yeah. some points. <laughs> so, but it has all these zombies in it. And then, you know, they, they get off the bus and they run home and they think, oh, we're home. We made it home, which means we're out of the mirror dimension. And like, they get to have a little moment at home with the mom and, and dad and like everything starts kind of normal and then slowly gets a little more and more eerie and then a little more and more eerie. And then like, there's some big for kids scares in there, you know? And, um, this is a lot more happening and it's a lot more dynamic and, uh, yeah, you know, the, the, the teacher in this one, this is the one where the teacher's like obsessed with becoming a boxer. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's, there's like right there. That's, I mean, did we even say what any of the characters like want to do in the second one at all? You know? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> um, they want to eat Mongolian barbecue. And, and right here, you know, you know that this character likes that one and that character has, you know, sort of an unrequited love. And that one is, uh, maybe thinking about boys for the first time, right? That's kind of the feeling I got from the Mm -hmm. subtitles is like, she had never even thought about boys in that way at all. And then uh, the, the teachers uh, wants to be a boxer and the one ghost wants to have like, has that the reason he's a ghost and the reason he's been around is because he never got to run in the three legged race. Like there's, character motivations and things that you know about these characters just by watching the movie, which on top of having a bunch of really good set pieces and a bunch of stuff going on makes it like just, yeah, clearly the the best of the, of the four. I agree. Um, And uh, yeah, the, because you have character stuff happening in, in between and, in the other movies, it's, the character stuff is really just like, oh, this person wandered off and now they're lost again, <laughs> you know. And the, but you know, there's there, there's some some fun dynamics here. Um, Kevin, what are your initial takeaways of this one? Yeah, so I mean, I absolutely wholeheartedly agree that this has the best character dynamics of all of them. Uh, where I would detract is I don't. Like I feel like some of the stuff is is things that we've seen before mm. to the monster side. So like the zombie yeah. bus, like we've seen the zombie bus before. The Naparabo, like we've seen the like you've seen a faceless man. Did he look like this? Like that that's a gag that's been done a zillion times. Um, the like the shaka shaka is like basically the same as the teke teke, and then the teke teke is also in this. Uh, I, I I like the skeleton dinosaur, but like a lot of this stuff, it felt a little rehashy. Yeah. Um, well, you know, you are in the third one, <laughs> yeah. so I I get it though. And and like we said earlier, um, I, I don't know. I, we're we we'll we'll get to why the fourth one doesn't quite work. But if if we are going to give the fourth one 
credit, it is that they try to do something different. And, mm-hmm. and you know, this is very, you know, I, it's true, like Tom said, the, the, the ghost stuff does get to expand and breathe a little better because it's not all confined to a school. But yeah, we are still playing with the same, similar structure, similar um, story beats and stuff like that. Uh, it's more just like, okay, we're actually seeing it done a little bit better because we have characters that are, are more enjoyable to be around, basically. Um, uh <clears throat> But um, but yeah, there the there there is some cool stuff. I mean, like we yeah we've seen the no face people before in these and all kinds of other other movies. It's it's its own like trope. But this this does do some um some some cool stuff with it. Like uh, when their parents are turns out they have no faces, but you see them trying to eat dinner. Like that's that's pretty funny. Um, like they're just like shoving food. Like just smashing it onto their face, <laughs> and it obviously doesn't go anywhere because they don't have faces. Um, um, I, I did think it's, the one ghost was like shamed into leaving uh, her alone. Like, hey, you're naked. He's like, oh, I am naked, and leaves. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty creepy thing. I I think if you're a kid, if your parent is like, come on, let me just cut your face off so I can have a face. Yeah, like like, I feel like that's like a a nightmare that yeah, you know, I, I a know seven um, or eight year old kid could have. Yeah, it, it stuff like that can be creepy. I remember um, Jordan Peele talking about. Obviously, there's like influences of stuff like you know Invasion of the Body Snatchers and stuff for Get Out. But he was saying like his initial idea for Get Out was a memory he had as a little boy of like a kid and his mom at like a grocery store. And the kid was like trying to get his mom's attention. His mom was just like messing with him and being like, I'm not your mother. Who are you? And like the kid was starting to get in like Jordan Peele was like, for whatever reason that like stuck with him his whole life. And so stuff like that is, can be like (laughs) really, really weird for kids because like your parents are like the only people that you really trust at a certain age. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I like that part. And yeah, what, what, what did you say the name of the, the, the naked ghost a minute ago? Uh, Shaka Shaka. Yeah. Is that, is that like a thing that is, uh, around outside of these? I don't think so. I I think that Um, that might have been like a movie original. But yeah, it's very, very similar to the Teke Teke, but he's green and naked. And, um, since this is Japan... I don't know. It's not like you see it prominently, but like, yeah, he, 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 you'd see like his penis and everything. Um, like I said, not prominently. Um, but yeah, he, he gets basically fended off when, um, the teacher is like, you're naked, like put some clothes on. Um, and then, well, yeah, cause she's like, Oh, you find me attractive. And he's like, you, and she's like, well, you're naked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he turns red and like, Gurries away. That that's a fun scene. Um, this probably has my favorite teke teke scene in all of these, and that's uh, the teacher gets to fulfill her boxing fantasy by boxing him <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, that that scene is. I thought that scene was pretty uh, delightful. And then, of course, um, I guess I don't know if you want to call it the main boss or whatever but um 
the the last big creature they have to defeat is a giant stop motion T-Rex and it's like I was already really digging the movie and then it's like you throw a stop motion dinosaur skeleton chasing these kids around and it's like you are speaking my language um well I guess as, as a the Wikipedia says it's an Allosaurus. Whatever, don't don't <laughs> at me, Dino nerds. But um, uh, that is that 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 was just awesome. Like it really takes you out on a on a note that I didn't think I was going to get stop motion dinosaur skeletons in these. <laughs> so uh, uh, you know, Shusuke Kaneko, I love you. You already had me, but that just sealed this as like, okay, this is this movie is pretty awesome. I'll just say it's pretty awesome. Um and I I think that the fact that I can speak so highly of it, like I said, with awful subtitles, I think I don't know what that means, but it definitely means something. Because the whole second movie, I was really wondering like is it just the subtitles is making me so like disengaged with this? But if you have a good story and good characters and a good filmmaker, this movie, I mean, it overcame those hurdles for me. I mean, yeah, there's still like crazy stuff like nose feces. And what is it that the dog face, <laughs> the dog says the, the face, the, the, the ghost face dog says step on, Step on my shit one hundred times, <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, yeah, like you got stuff like that, but uh, I still just uh, really dug this, and um, I we didn't mention that uh, I think it's I I I don't I only know these characters by their stupid subtitle names, um, but Aki Maida, the sister of um, is it Aya? Is that her sister? I Mida. I Mida um, plays uh, the little girl, and I think she was in the second one too. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's the sister of the the actress that plays Ayana in Gamera Three, and um, both plays of those younger sis- Ayana in in Gamera Three. Yeah, so. yeah, but and and both of them would would uh, work with Kaneko multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I don't know if this is uh, you know helped. Um, her get that Gamera three role because I I mean I by the time this movie came out I don't know he was probably in pre starting pre production on Gamera three um anyway uh but yeah that but speaking of her that's another kind of uh, another theme of this movie is that kind of unrequited romance because um or just or just you know I guess uh not getting what you want or whatever because you have the ghost. But the, with the unrequited romance angle, you have the the girl and the other kid who may or may not have a crush on each other. And um, you have her who starts to have a kind of a blossoming romance with um, uh, the nasal feces. Good. Yeah, with good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then at the end, he good's like, hey, you know, I, I know we, uh, looks like we might have a thing here, but, you know, I got this new family and because of that we're we have to move away and it's like oh damn it um uh so yeah I, this is a movie that is it has like some thematic 
cohesion to it. Um, also, that is 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 more, I guess, um, based in humanity and and things that every person goes through instead of just being like, here's a bunch of, you know, ghosts and goblins and whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, um, I, uh, I think this is a pretty darn good movie. Uh, like we said, we have the, uh, the, the human mannequin, the anatomy mannequin, um, monster comes back in this one. Um, and this is where Mizuo Yoshida was in the suit, which I actually asked him about when I interviewed him. So that's a plug for my interview from like three years ago or whatever. Um, and, uh, I know there Probably was some longer ago than that, by the way, <laughs> I, I don't know. Time. I don't know what's up with time lately. Yeah. It might've been longer than that, but, um, and uh, I, I guess uh, this had some effects work by uh, Shinichi Wakasa as well. Um, and uh, how'd you guys feel about the score the, by, by uh, Otani? I've been watching a Digimon Ghost game, and it's a very similar score to what he does in that show. So it's uh, I, I, I wonder how much, like all of his like kind of creepy scores, including the Gamera stuff, has some overlap. But I think just by kind of nature of the similar like children's ghost thing it it uh, has a lot of uh recurring riffs yeah i like him yeah it's a good it's a good like uh meat and potatoes kind of otani score yeah um uh there's also a scene where one of those giant uh balls like eats them and they get like broken out there's a lot of there's a lot of fun stuff on here um so, uh, how many, uh, nose shits do you give, uh, <laughs> the, th- the <laughs> do you give, uh, the third movie here? I'm torn on this one because, you know, I want to say three and a half and, and, maybe say that better subs could solidify or even push that higher. But I also feel like the subs really, I mean, they really do hold it back a bit. Um, but I think I'll land there. I think, I think I'll be more generous and say that, you know, for being the third one after finding the first one to be okay, charming enough. And the second one to be like a slog and me being like, Oh my God, I'm about to watch the third one. And like, dear sweet Jesus, you know, of this series that I was not super digging um, to kind of swing back around and be like, oh, oh, there's actually something here. Um, Yeah, I'll land at a three and a half and say that better subtitles could make that like a very firm, very recommended three and a half or maybe even as high as a four. Um, because there is some CG stuff that I don't, I'm not digging here. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the, the, I called it Shukra, the, the, the homework monster, but it's the monster that's made out of like copier paper. Yeah. Yeah. That just is not a great effect. Um, and some of that kind of stuff that just doesn't land. Um, and then, you know, 
certain things feel maybe a little bit awkward or clunky or whatever, but I, who the hell knows whether to blame that on <laughs> actual awkward and clunky or uh, these bad subtitles. But so I'll land at a three and a half. Um, yeah, did y'all notice that like in the mirror dimension, all of the text is backwards on screen? I didn't. I, I did not. I'm yeah, not I'm not a, I'm not weeby enough, but sure. that's a cool touch though. I believe you. That's a cool touch. Um uh yeah, I'm gonna go with a three and a half. Um and uh I will and I, it's true what Tom said, some of those flaws are there. I mean some of the CG is not great, you know. But it's Japan nineteen ninety seven. Like I, I get that it's not gonna age great and it may not have even looked that great to begin with but the practical stuff is all great i mean um teke teke is back to being um a practical effect and not the wonky like sega dreamcast cg from the second one um you know most of the the creatures are puppets um and uh it goes into cg stuff but the there's a stop mo the stop motion dinosaur at the end um with good subtitles i could definitely see this bumping up to a four and um kaneko is uh he is the goat uh and uh i mean it's it to me it speaks volumes that this movie has subtitles every bit as bad as the others and i was able to be invested um so yeah i'm at a three and a half and you know if better subs come along one day uh i could see it going up um so where are you at kevin uh, I still feel like I I might slightly give the edge to the first movie, but I'd I'd go again with a with a three and a half uh, the th- three and a half failed invitations to a boxing match. We are all synchronized. This is was this the one where she, was this the one where she invited the guy? Yeah, she invited yeah, the yeah. guy to come, and he was like, oh, "I'm getting married tomorrow." But the but in the subtitles he says I I have a wedding so I don't know if she a, I don't, so I don't know if the teacher asked I think it was another teacher I don't think she, I I don't know if she asked him out and he said he couldn't go because he had to go to a wedding or if he was getting married but if he was getting married that would speak more to the thematic thing of you know unrequited love and all that that'd be more hilarious though. <laughs> He does offer to let her come to the wedding, which would be weird if he was just an attendee. <laughs> well, maybe well, he, he, if he had a plus one and, you know, he exactly. doesn't have anyone to go with. I mean, there you go. Um, uh, okay, we are in the home stretch, people. Almost out of <sighs> here. 1999. Oof. So I they they took a year off. Interesting. Well, they took an extra year to make this one, huh? <laughs> uh, that extra year might have just been like, think of something different. And then uh, after one year, a guy was probably like, I think I know an idea, sort of. And they're like, okay, write it in five minutes. I don't or, know. Or but maybe the ring came out in between, and all of a sudden, every studio needed to make a ghost movie ASAP. Yeah. So Toho takes a year off uh, of, of of the the haunted school, and... 1999, uh, Kaneko is busy being awesome with Gamera 3, and they get uh, Hirayama back. I don't know if they tried to get Kaneko back, but I don't know. He was probably like, what, fuck y'all. <laughs> I'm doing my, my turtle movie. Um, 
And uh, so here we do have uh, a different um, formula, uh, and that is probably the best thing that we're probably all going to end up saying is that at least it tried to do something different. It doesn't have the same structure, plot line of, you know, okay, kids trapped in the school, how do they get out? Um, so this one um, is about a uh, this um, these kids, and uh, they're going away with their aunt on summer vacation to, um, I don't remember, I don't recall the town, but um, it was struck by a typhoon many years ago that killed a lot of people, and it destroyed a school and killed a lot of people at the school. And um, so these kids, they uh, are with their aunt for the summer, and I, I think she runs like, um, they're staying in this, I don't know if you, it's, it's like an, she basically runs, uh, the subtitles say hotel and motel. I don't know if much about Japanese hotels, motels. I don't know how how that works or if that's accurate, but it's basically like she's in a home that she rents out rooms, like an Airbnb or kind of a condo or I don't know, something like that. She rents out rooms to people. And, um, and so, um, uh, as they, um, uh, the the this town is being stru- struck more by these uh, these really bad stormy days. Um, it is said that w- on these stormy nights, uh, spirits of the dead, um, you know, that were taken in that typhoon, come out of the sea, and then sort of uh, al- almost one by one, the kids kind of start disappearing. Um, whether they're being dragged into, I don't know if you want to call it like a an ocean ghost world or whatever. Um, but they're, they're kind of being, uh, uh, dragged by these ghosts into this uh, spirit realm. And, um, uh, the end of the movie basically ends with, um, one of the kids going in there. Um, and essentially that's where you get, Really, your only big, real big set piece is uh, in the finale. The the one surviving kid has to go into the old school, which is basically underwater and abandoned in this like spirit realm. And that's where the, there is some cool effects and visuals and stuff. But uh, most of the time, it's just these kids kind of just hanging out and arguing about ghosts and. It's really kind of dull. Out with some, hanging out with some old man who, like, uh, was he there when this tsunami the tsunami hit? Man, or okay, like, so yeah, the old man survived, and uh, I guess spoiler alert for anyone that cares. Um, right, I, I swear to God, right when the little girl like starts talking to the old man, who uh, the subtitles on this, the, uh, it's a VHS rip from I think it, it must be like a Chinese. VHS and so the subtitles are like in Chinese and then underneath it there's English subtitles which if you watch a lot of Hong Kong movies you probably are familiar with what I'm talking about the subtitles are probably a little better than Kevin's crazy machine translations um but uh in the subtitles he's called Mr. Shop because he owns a shop I'm assuming (laughs) it's something else um but right when the little girl starts talking to him I I swear to god I was like he's gonna turn out to be a ghost 
And sure enough, so he was a survivor of the tsunami. And then at the end, it turns out um, he died a few years ago as an old man, but he was a ghost the whole time. Um, and yeah, there's some weird stuff though with these, these kids are weird. One of them, the little girl, uh, she says her favorite foods are like strawberries. And then she likes to eat watermelon with like mayonnaise and like all kinds of weird. I don't know if you guys remember that, but I I don't know what's wrong with, with her. And then there's another kid who always has his, (laughs) he always has his t-shirt on like over his head, like a cornholio. If you (laughs) like Beavis and Butthead when he does the cornholio thing and he like, these kids are weirdos. Um, but yeah, most of it is just like these kids kind of just talking about like, and the, and as these kids disappear, like there's, you see very little of their parents. So it, it kind of has that Charlie Brown effect of like, do these kids even have parents? <laughs> Does anyone care that they're missing? I said, yeah, in, um, it's just like a whole bunch of ruminations on like what happened to that school a long time ago that got hit by the tsunami. Yeah, yeah. That's really all it is. Right. Um, Which maybe hits more in something that's a little better translated. I kind of doubt it. Um, I would imagine it would have to be probably like really better written to seem like it was something maybe a little more uh, timeless or I don't know what the word would like, like a little more ubiquitous or more philosophical about like, you know, what happens to the, 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 the dead after, are they really gone? Do we have to remember them? Something like that. I, I want, you know, is maybe what it's trying to go for, but it it's not hitting on it. Yeah. And, and there's some like fun ideas and stuff that like they start to do. And then like, it kind of forgets like at the beginning, they fish out this like suitcase um, from the ocean and like there's like this huge um, like cool looking like stop motion crab with a human face on it and then like you never see that again really um, there's a scene uh, where they're in nothing a, ever happens with the book bag ever again I don't think really yeah yeah nothing does yeah like nothing ever happens with that again there's a scene um, aside from that ending where they're in like the the underwater abandoned school I guess uh, there is a scene that's pretty cool where, like, um, the kids are all hanging out in, like, their bedroom and, like, you know, it seems like a normal hangout. Like, the mom gives them, like, glasses of lemonade. They're all hanging out. And, like, one of the 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 the, the dolls, like, kind of comes to life and, like, water comes out of its face. And that's, like, a cool, like, stop-motion effect. Um, and that's another thing that, like, you, you expect their to be more stuff like that. Like the, all the other characters can see it and the, the girl can't. And it's like climbs up on her shoulder and she's like, what, what's wrong? And, um, so like there's little flashes of like what made this series like fun, but like none of it ever seems to last really. And then they, they kind of just get back to, talking about like oh so and so is missing and they talk about that for 10 minutes and then another one of them goes missing and then it's like oh now this kid's missing and you don't you don't have like i said like the parents the families of these kids aren't really much of a factor in here um 
And so that really just makes it kind of dull to me. I don't know. Is that kind of where you guys are? I don't know who this one is for. You know, yeah. like, I mean, I know they're all for kids and everything, whatever. This one like, seems like a kid would just be bored by it. Yeah, this one, this one eschews so much of what made me see the f- first one, the first three, all three of them having their charms where if you were a Japanese kid who like 94 through 99, this has been almost perfect, probably a little a little bit late for me personally, but like almost perfect for my age and certainly like people of our age general in general demographic to have seen these movies when we were like eight to 12 years old and be like, Oh, I remember that. And that was, had that really cool monster in it or whatever that you latch onto as a kid. The, this one Excuse all the the monsters and mayhem and the goofier humor, which may or may not hit in the first place anyways, but at least you know what it's like trying to do and it's trying to entertain younger viewers and it excuse um like everything and it gets it it gets it tries to be more serious, but it doesn't amp up like the the scare factor or anything it just tries to be like more serious and pensive and so then but it still is focusing on grammar school kids and grammar school kid problems so i don't know who this is for yeah it doesn't have that almost like the other movies at their best kind of get into like if sam raimi was making kids horror kind of like haunted haunted uh haunted house kind of feel and this feels more i don't know i like kevin mentioned maybe it's the trajectory of j-horror at the time uh but yeah it definitely it it i'm i'm glad that they tried to do something different i just don't think it worked i I also wonder if maybe they had a had a decreased budget or something like that yeah it's possible um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I appreciate them trying to take a big swing, but it's like, I don't know. I wish, I wish there was more to it because so much of the movie is just kind of about nothing. Um, and I, I wish there was more, I more to it, <laughs> like I said. Um, but you know, 1997 is when Cure came out and then the year after was The Ring. And so... You know, I don't know if they were just trying to do something more serious. I don't know if maybe they thought, you know, okay, if elementary school kids were liking the first movie, they're going to be in middle school now or high school now. And I don't know. I don't know. It's just I I don't really know what they were um, going for other than to do something different and I'm glad they did that, but it's just boring. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those ones that even when there are those moments, uh, you know, like you mentioned, the they're all in the room and the mom comes comes in with an extra glass of 
lemonade or whatever. And she's like, oh, where did your friend go? And they're like, uh, we're the only ones here. And then she sets them down and then they see that like, oh, somebody drank the extra lemonade. Like stuff like that is creepy, but it's so few and far between that I yeah, kind of like. it's not enough of it. I zone out in between those things happening to the point when those things happen. I'm like, wait, what, wait, I'm sorry. What? Can you repeat that? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, and, uh, I do like the, the, the s- stuff at the end. Um, they do some cool stuff with like, you know, basically being in an underwater environment, but not, but you not being underwater. So like, you know, there's like, you know, there's a part where like a the skeleton of a fish swims by and and stuff like that, and um, you know, and it's it's pretty well done in the finale, but it it's not enough to really make this like something you need to go out and uh, like rush out and see. You know, it it it's what keeps this movie from dipping below whatever score I decide to give it. You know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything more to say about. Do you guys have anything more to, to even say about this one? It's probably the one that we've talked about the quickest. I don't have much. Yeah, same. It would. It 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 was a, it was a little bit of a of a slog. Yeah. Um, so how many? Um, I can't even think of a good thing for this one. How <laughs> how many? Uh, how many um, human-faced crabs that are cool and never come back <laughs> do you give this out of four? I mean, five. I, uh, I didn't. I, I can't <clears throat> even do the thing right. I was actually super interested right at the outset. Um, I think the opening of this does have a really good ominous feel to it. Um, I was very like kind of i'll say shocked by what happened i mean it uh the opening murders a whole bunch of kids (laughs) and i was like and i was like whoa this has like a completely different feel uh and then and then it also lingers on a a shot of the school being underwater and i was like okay a whole bunch of kids just died and now the school is underwater i can't I, i was almost like i can't wait you know like we're going to get underwater sequences or we're going to get, you know, scuba divers finding this underwater school or something. Like I thought we were in for a wild, crazy ride and then just nothing happens until the end where there's some really cool set design and a couple really cool effects. I think one of the last effects moments of the entire movie is really cool where, the the character jumps out the window into the water and swims away. I thought that was like really cool, really well executed. But um I remember that part. That was cool. But mostly, yeah, I was just like like it was like a when are they gonna get to the fireworks factory <laughs> kind of movie. Uh and but there are some things to it. There's there's like I said, the the opening is really good. The ending is pretty good. Um, the effects sequences that are there are good. So uh, it's not like the worst thing and would maybe some better subtitles help you? Yes. So I'll be mildly generous here and say it's a two out of five. 
I'm at a two also. Um, better subtitles might bumping up a little bit, but, um, you know, the opening is cool. There's some cool effects. The horse, uh, horse, Jesus Christ, I'm tired. The, 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 the crab, uh, creature is cool. The, um, the lemonade scene is good. The, uh, the scene at the end in the underwater school is good. Um, everything else is kind of a slog. Um, but I do like that they were trying to be original and trying to break away and do something different. Um, but it's just the execution. The execution just isn't there. Um, with some better writing and uh, tightened up pacing, you know, maybe we could be talking. Um, so yeah, I like that they wanted to do something different, but it just still can't say that it lands. So I'm at a two. What about you, Kevin? Same. Uh, two, it's, uh, you know, moderately disliked it, but not like scathing hatred. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what two is to me is like, there's some okay things and I didn't hate it, but, uh, I'll probably won't ever feel like watching it ever again. Um, if it gets a Blu-ray set, uh, with all four of the movies, I'll absolutely oh, watch it. That would be know? a no brainer for me. I would love, yeah. yeah, I, that would be great. I would love to actually see these presented well and with good <laughs> subtitles and, um, and yeah, I mean, uh, if someone said, Hey, I don't have one through three, but I have four, you know, all well translated. I'd be like, yeah, like I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would buy a set just to have one and three, but you know, I, but yeah, I, I would, I would totally, I would be there if Toe can stop being stupid and accept a reasonable offer from someone, <laughs> I'll be first in line. I'll pre-order it. But yeah, um. So that's it, people. Um, uh, as we said at the top, there's plenty more Haunted School stuff out there. Um, uh, as of right now, uh, available in English, there's not too much. Um, if anyone is curious about these and uh, feels like they can stomach those subtitles, I mean, I can help. Send me a message, whatever. Um other than that, though, I think the only things you got in English are the two Juan segments from the one special and uh, the anime. Um, but there's, like I said, there's plenty of material out there beyond the, these movies, too. So um, so that's that. Um, you guys good here? Yeah, All I'm right. good. All right, let's get the hell out of here. Thank you for listening, and uh, see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Make sure to subscribe for all the latest episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Kaiju Transmissions. And you can email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. And we will see you next time.